You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. I to miraculous encounters. Miraculous encounter. And I pray that it's not just going to be in word, it's going to be in reality. You're going to encounter God in your area of need today. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, as our faces are different, we have different challenges. There's always something you are facing. And I love it because whatever you're facing, or whatever you, is your, your challenge it is, always drive you back to God. I love something that drives me back to God. I don't want to be so independent. I have become so okay with myself. I have every need met. There are no trouble. There are no problems. And I just wake up and jump out of bed and there's nothing to go back to God for. I, I don't think it's a good state. How much more we need God? And there's a supernatural side to your life. And that element is what makes the difference. That's why you are different from the unbelievers. That supernatural side of you, and you cannot lose it. And I'm afraid that so much secularism has been brought to the church, so much so that we don't even want the supernatural side anymore. We just want to secularize everything. No, I still want to feel that goosebump sometimes. I just have to feel something. I just have to be lifted. I just have to be carried to the realm of the spirit. Something just has to shake me. I can come to church, and I want to feel it. I've been in church this morning. Praise the Lord. So that element is very important. And the reason why you need supernatural encounters is because of some things that you may be going through. Do you know some of us are still struggling with something? When you are struggling, you need an encounter. You are struggling, struggling with sin, struggling with something, struggling to know the difference between the right and the wrong. You need an encounter. Praise the Lord, somebody. You need an encounter. When you are struggling, you know, uh, 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 Paul said, I think in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, what does he say? The Romans 7, verse 14, Paul says something, and I want you to read it. He says, the law is perfect, for we know that the Lord is what? Is spiritual. Everything about the word of God is spiritual. The word of God has no fault. Everything is okay. He said, but I am Kana. That is the problem. The law is spiritual, but you are kana. Do you know you are kana sometimes? You are kana. I mean kana. To be kana means you walk in the flesh. You walk in a natural way. You want to yield to your reset. Praise God. And that's why you hear Christians say, you don't know me. You really don't know what you're dealing with or who you are messing with. You're kana. You call it confidence. You call it whatever you want to call it, or boldness, or whatever, but it's carnality. <laughs> I said the law is spiritual. There's nothing wrong with the law of God. There's nothing wrong with the word of God, but because you are carnal. Because you are carnal. When it says, wife, submit to your husband, that's unto the Lord. He said, the Lord? Lord? I don't know. I have two lords. You know, if you're a wife, you're so, supposed to submit, not because it's the Lord, but as unto him. Because God knows you are so stubborn that if they don't put as unto the Lord, you're not going to do it. I'm just talking to you about myself. When they put as unto the Lord, it calms me down and calms you down. 
And you say, oh, okay, oh, oh, now I get it. We know the law is perfect. But you are kind of. So when you're struggling, you need an encounter. You need an encounter from the law to kind of beat you back to the road and, you know, align you properly to let you know you can't do what you like because you don't know yourself. Lordship. You don't know yourself. You are purchased with a price and you can't do what you like. But those, that, those people are doing what they like, but not you. You are a child of God. So when you begin to, begin to struggle with spiritual things, you begin to struggle with obeying the word of God, you need an encounter. Praise the Lord. Another reason why you need an encounter is because you, you maybe you're going to another phase of your life and you don't know what to do. Now you're not struggling. You're okay. But there's a phase you are trusting God for. And it seems that phase is not forthcoming. And it's like, didn't God speak to me? Did I hear God? But you had God. But there's something you need to hear again. You see, having an encounter with God is not a once, a, a once upon a time experience. It comes every time you need something. It comes every, every time you need for him to do something in your life. Because now you are going to another phase. How many of you want to go to another phase of your life? I want to go to another phase. There's always another phase. No matter how old you are, no matter what you're doing, by November, I'm going to celebrate my birthday here, by the way, because I'm staying. And before you say that, there's no party, please. <laughs> No party. By 30th November, I'm going to be 57. Now, but God is still telling me, you can climb this mountain. That's what I want you to do. There's a challenge I want you to face. So when you are, when there's a face, like in Deuteronomy chapter 3, I think, let's see Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 1, there's that thing. They've They've been going around that particular mountain. That's Deuteronomy chapter 3. Am I quoting right? Yes. Chapter 3. From, um, let's read from verse 3, I think. Okay, chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1 from, from verse 3, I think. Now it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month of the day of the month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord has given him as commandment to them. Yes, let's go to the next verse. After he had killed Sihon, king of Amorites, away in Deuteronomy chapter 1, okay, and so on. Let's, after he has killed Sihon, this place says, you have dwelt long enough, pastor, help me. Deuteronomy chapter 1, it says, you have dwelt long enough on this mountain. You have dwelt long enough. Now, when you want to face, an, uh, face another phase of your life, verse what? Verse 6. The Lord God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, you have done what? Dwelt long enough at this mountain. They've dwelt long enough. It's like you've been going round and round this mountain, and you're not making any progress. So when you're about to face anything, you're going to another phase of your life, you definitely need a miraculous encounter. Amen. And you see, it's not as if they don't want to go, but there's something they're listening, waiting for. The word of God. They want God to say it. They were waiting on God to just say something. And when he says it, the word is back with authority. When God speaks, he's back with authority. I used to tell my husband in those days, when he made promises to me, I would say, your promises are yeah, but they are not amen. That's why I take the word of God, because there's a difference between yeah 
you know, when you go to the house, that is the state house or what, what do you call it, the house of assembly, and they say, if you want yea, say yea, deny, deny. Sometimes they say yea, and you don't see the manifestations of anything. So what can be yea and not amen? It's only the word of God that is yea and amen. Woo! So when they say, you take your journey and begin to move now, they started moving. May you begin to move towards your destiny. May you begin to move to the next phase of your life. May you begin to move to the next phase of your purpose. In the name of Jesus, as God begins to grant you miraculous encounters, you will not remain where you used to be anymore. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Even when people face stagnation, stagnation, you need to move forward. Amen. When there are um, troubles in your life, some people, their lives are full of trouble. Every day is trouble. When people give testimony, they give complaining. They don't have any testimony. Life is full of trouble. There are no money, no finances. And by the way, I want to support that announcement. Don't begin to say, I thought everything is going to, to be free. No. Get 300 rand and come and listen. Okay? People will not keep giving you something to eat. You get to a point, you begin to fend for yourself. He will, he will prosper the work of your hand. That's what the Bible says. Not the work of my hand for you. And I'm sure, and I'm sure if you are to pay the correct amount for that kind of seminar, you have to break your bank. Now, this is an opportunity for you to deal with poverty. Do you want me to tell you the truth? I hate poverty. It's not compatible with Christianity at all. Mm -mm. It's not part of Christianity. Any doctrine that tells you that is a lie from the pit of hell. He wants to prosper us. In my country, they say that money is the will of the gospel. Without money, you cannot preach the gospel. You can't rent this place. You can't have facilities like this. So, and the more you prosper, the better for us in the church. The better you will pay tithe. If every single one of us in this congregation pay our tithe accordingly, we're not going to lack anything. Because within every congregation, God has put those that will provide everything that will be needed. I'm talking from experience. So when there's stagnation, you need an encounter. Can somebody say amen? amen. I love it because having an encounter is an inheritance of the children of God. We have the ability to evoke encounter. In Psalm 18, if we read from verse 1 from Psalm 18, you will see where a child of God started praying. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. How long? No, you're in 13 now. 18. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Verse 2. Verse 2 now. Just keep reading till I say stop. The Lord is my rock. Can somebody say that after me? The Lord is my rock. And my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength. In whom will I trust? My shield and the horn of my salvation. Ha. Huh. Do you know what a stronghold is? My defense. The one that defends me. I will, this is where I'm going now. Part of where I'm going. This is your inheritance. So be able to have divine encounter or miraculous encounter. He said, I will call 
upon the law. It's a statement of intention. I'm doing the calling. What if I don't call? I will call upon the Lord. Who is worthy to be prayed? So what will happen? So shall I be saved from my enemies? Amen. What if you don't call upon the Lord? Your enemy will override you. Your enemy will draw you. It's, a, it's, it's an intention you have to carry out. It's called deliberate intention. You just go, you deliberately say, today I'm calling upon the Lord. And I want to tell you today, if you will call upon the Lord, you will have a miraculous encounter. Amen. I will call upon the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. So I will be saved from my enemy. Let's go ahead to verse 4. The punk. Now look at what he's going through. This person has problems. The punks of death surrounded me. And the floods of the ungodly, ungodliness made me afraid. Go ahead. Go ahead to verse 5, verse 6, verse 7. The sorrows of Sheol. Sheol or hell is the same thing. Or Hades. And it's not hellfire. Hell is a living thing. Hell is here on earth. Okay? Hell is here. Heaven is also here. So because your eschatological mentality makes you feel it's in the by and by. Hell is not later, later, later when they throw somebody to hell. Hell is here. There are some problems you go through, you're already in hell. And there are some things you experience, you are in heaven. During the worship and praise time, we went to heaven and came back. Praise God. So he said, the shell surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me, verse 6, and in my distress... In my distress, I call upon the Lord and cry unto my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ear. Verse 7. Then, then the earth shook. Everybody say, Miraculous encounter. The earth shook and troubled. The foundation of the hills also quake. And we're second because my God was angry. Amen. Maybe we should read verse 8. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Cause were kindled by it. You need to read Psalm 18. And this is your inheritance. You can have miraculous encounter. And he started by saying, I will call upon the Lord. There are situations you find yourself. Don't call anybody. Don't call your uncle. Don't call your brother. Don't call your bank manager or your account manager. What do you call it here? Call upon the Lord. Because he's the only one that is worthy to be praised. And so shall you be saved from your enemies. That's why you need miraculous encounter. How about those that are struggling and several other things? Or you just want to quit or you have reached the crossroad where you don't know what to do. Praise God. Like Peter just suddenly one day woke up. In John 21 verse 3, he said, I go out fishing. He reached a crossroad. How many of you have been there before? Some say, I don't even know what to do. I go out fishing. Apostle Peter. Apostle. Apostle Peter. You know what it means to be an apostle? The leader of the church. 
He was so discouraged. He reached a crossroad. He doesn't know what to do. He said, after all, I know how to throw my net. I go fishing. And guess what? You know, when Peter is affected, everybody is affected. That's why some of us can be discouraged. Sometimes discouraging things happen to us as pastors. But if we get discouraged, all of you will just be discouraged. And sometimes people think we pastors, we come from heaven every Sunday to come deliver a message. One Sunday, one Sunday at the church, I want, I stop, I'm supposed to go, you know, worship. I'm supposed to go lead worship. I wasn't preaching that day. And something happened overnight that was so discouraging to myself, my husband, one of our sons felt terribly sick. And we were so, 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 so perplexed. It was terrible. And my husband said to me, I wish somebody would preach today. This will be the first time he will say that to my ear in the 30-something years of our marriage. He said, I feel somebody should preach. And I was feeling somebody should go sing. <laughs> and I got there, and I was crying. And I was singing a song. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know where the song is from. I later find out it was a secular song. I don't know. I reach a crossroad, my people. Sometimes it's not easy. This work is difficult. As a matter of fact, one of our every nation leaders said, this work is not difficult, it's impossible. I am supposed to just be a church member wearing my jeans and some casual things and sitting at the back. And some of you are envious sometimes. Uh, why is he the pastor's wife? Why is he? You think it's easy? I can relocate to that office to you if you do. <laughs> then you know what it means to receive how many phone calls per day and how many. I got there and I said, I look to you. I look to you. After all my strength is gone, you are carrying to you. I look to you. I don't know who. After they said it was Whitney Houston, I said, bless her soul. Because I reach across, I don't know what to do. get to such junctions of decision. You just have to look to God. You just have to look to him. I don't know what she was looking up to, but <laughs> I know who, who I was singing to. Praise God. That's when you need encounter. Hallelujah. When your spiritual life is dry. Dry. Whatever they may do in church doesn't move you. Hmm? doesn't move you. People are crying. You are saying, what's wrong with him? <laughs> she has come again. It's always the, what is it? And you are there like letter I. The, the, the prayer can't move you. The worship can't move you. Even the pastor's message didn't do anything. You just came. And you go that way. You're not going to go back home the same way you came in today. You are going to have an encounter. In the mighty name of Jesus. Today you will encounter heaven. Heaven will touch your eyes. There's a song that says heaven on earth. Yes, the spirit of the Lord. Things have to move. Truth must shake. Things must change. Some things must crack. 
Doors must open. Because God is here. Praise the Lord. Let's read the story of Jacob. You all know Jacob in, uh, in Genesis 32. We're going to read the story of Jacob. Genesis 32 from verse 22. You know the story of Jacob. You know how he supplanted his brother. And my, my, my husband preached a message last week and he exonerated Jacob very well. That Jacob is not what we think about. And so I'm, but me, I'm still going back to Jacob. Let Jacob know. Jacob was the one who supplanted his brother. Let's start from there. And took his blessing, supposedly took the blessing. But we now went back to the content of that blessing, what his father blessed him with. You now, we now realize that everything was material in nature. Everything. That Jacob released, I mean, uh, Isaac released on Jacob. Go and read it very well. And truly, he, he was prospering, whether by crook or by whatever means. In the house of Laban. He was making it like they used to say in my country. You are making it. Mm. He was making it. Jacob made it. And finally ran away from Laban. Carried everything. And was about to face his brother Esau. You know when you run away from something. Mind you you are going to face that thing in the future. That's why if you want to settle anything. If you want to take care of whatever. Take care of it now. Before you become rich. That's why God can bless some children of God. Because he sees a little rand. And the, the rand is right in his head. Just doesn't know how to talk anymore. Doesn't have respect anymore. Cannot differentiate between the holy and the unholy. Because of money. Money have destroyed a lot of people. You must be able to let God know. No matter what he gives to you. He will never, never Get to your head. Now, Jacob was here and he was faced with a decision. He wants to meet his brother. And you need to read the verses before this time. He was still smarting things up. You know the way he did it? The wife he didn't like much. You know, he has many wives. He put that one in front. Talk about strategic planning. You are laughing now because some of you are like Jacob. <laughs> strategic planning, that's what they call it. The strategically positioned the wife that was not loved. And then the second concubine. And then Leah. And then Joseph and Rachel, the love of his life, as they say. He now said, okay, whatever happened to them, I don't care. But this one. But at some point he said, even Rachel, go. <laughs> because if I want to take, if I want to speed up, you and Joseph will be a hindrance. You will slow me down. You see, when people think they are smart, you are smart so much so that even at this particular point, you love yourself so much. He said, Rachel, you'll be here, I'm coming. That was when he was left alone. Amen? And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed over to, fall, to Jabok. Let's keep reading till I say stop. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent them over 
and sent over them, then Jacob was left alone. He was left alone. That's when you have miraculous encounters. Because when you are left alone, you don't play games with God. Because he sees you the way you really are. At that time, the wigs and the weaves are gone. The eyelash and the mascara and foundation and all of them are away. You can't impress God with those. He was left alone. And then he, said, he now faced God in reality. And then because he was left alone, a man was wrestling with him till the breaking of the day. I asked a question. I said, how did he say no? He doesn't want to wrestle. But there was a knowing in the heart of Jacob that this man can do something in my life. This time around, it's not going to be by supplanting. It's not going to be by strategic planning. It's going to be by working hard till I get something from God. Okay, let's go on. Let's go on. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Joseph he was out of joint as he wrestled with him. As he was wrestling with him, touching the hollow, the socket of your joint is to make sure you are so paralyzed that you have come to the end of yourself. You have come to the end of yourself. He wrestled with him till he dislocated him. And so by the time Jacob rose up, all this go in front, go second line, go the third line and the fourth line, he dislocated him so that you can't even run. Everyone you put in front of you can run faster than you now. Ha! Because Jacob suddenly became... Mm, mm -hmm. God. God can mess people up sometimes. Sometimes miraculous encounters can leave you dislocated. Mind you. Because you're going to get to the end of yourself. Of your smartiness. They say monkey is smart, monkey is smart. Is it not because trees are near themselves? Monkey is smart. Let, him, let monkey jump from here to where now? To Kailami. No trees. Without trees. Monkey is not smart. It's because trees are near themselves. So now you jump from here to Kailami and let's see how smart you are. So he was dislocated. Sometimes God deliberately slows you down. For you to know you can, without him you can do nothing. You are nothing. He said, let me go for the day break. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Question, how did Jacob know that this person is a special person? You see, you have to know those who carry the anointing. We have the same two legs, two hands, and everything, but I know the anointing of God upon my life. And when God anoints you, you're not going to look different from human beings. You are still the same human being. Doctor is here now. He's a gynecologist. Nobody knows. But when you get to where you are doing your duty, you know exactly what to do. So when you are anointed, anointing is not Goya oil. It's not oil. Anointing is enablement. When God enables you to do something, he has not given you that. And when it comes to enablement spiritually, he said, no man take this honor to himself except he that is blessed of God, like Aaron was. So how did he know? So sometimes you must know people that have put over you to bless you. Because sometimes you are struggling and you are going through stuff and you are not talking. You are not saying anything because you just don't want to come down from where you are in the, in the presence of your pastor. Now, I tell people, when you come for counseling and you are not opening up, who wants to hear your secret? I'm fed up with hearing people's secrets. 
And it is when you are in some profession like Dr. E that who, who actually wants to operate you? Who is interested in that? You think we, this is what we do. We just want to hear your story and then we go tell another person. You are actually free to, to hear. And you are stressed because of people's problems. Especially marital problems these days. I don't know what is happening. Hell is let loose to destroy homes. And every day, there's one canceling on the other. There's one this or the other or whatever. So you are coming and you are painting your whatever. Actually, it's not that I don't, and you're speaking phonetics like you are American. <laughs> Actually, I just want, just tell me you don't have money. And you want me to give you like 1,000 and you say, actually, um, I'm expecting something and something and later on, and actually, <laughs> when you are ready, you come back to meet me. Because I don't have your time. So this guy said, see, I need to be blessed. <laughs> I know I'm not blessed. But Jacob, you have hundreds and thousands of hearts. And you have wives and children and material things and property and whatever you need in life. You have to say, please, bless me. What is going on in my life goes beyond material things. Yes, I have money. I have cars. I have this. I'm beautiful. I have this. But I need your blessing. When the blessing of God comes upon your life, it will be like automatic, you know, automatic uh, button. When you think it, you have it. And favor, we go about with you. Oh, you need to know the technology of favor. God can so bless you that what you don't ask for, what you don't pray for, what you don't wish for, we just come to you. People that you are meeting for the first time, they are just liking you and you don't know what you have done. That is called grace. That is called blessing. And it's a miraculous encounter that brings it about. J Jacob said, bless me. I won't let you go. He taught the hollow. Now they've not even touched your hollow. One sister just didn't greet you last week, Sunday. That's why you are not coming to church. <laughs> you are not serious, my friend. They've taught the whole office. They've dislocated him. He said, I'm not letting you go. He was holding him. And that being, that being angelic, or it was Jesus, or maybe it was a theophany, appearances of God, that person got to a point, he blessed him. He said, what is your name because of time? What is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. He said, your name is your problem. From now on, you are not going to be called Jacob anymore. I am blessing you with a new name, and he blessed him by speaking to him, by changing his name. He didn't do breaking. He didn't break his neck. He didn't do deliverance from money tonight. From now on, your name will be Israel, and that did the job. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. May that be your portion. May you hear just one word. May you hear just one word. Do you know when Elijah was struggling, he wanted to kill himself. He wanted to kill himself. He said, I only remain. I want to die. And God said, feed him because you are not dying. You see, when you, have, you fulfill purpose, when you are serving God, you don't even need to pray for long life. Because God is a good businessman. He's going to so preserve you. And he will feed you and say, you are not going anywhere. Yeah. 
That was what happened to Elijah. Angel fed him with angel's food. He said, because the journey is still far before you. And what did God do? He said, you anoint Jehu, anoint Azoel, and anoint Elisha. Did, after that, did you hear about Jezebel anymore? Just simple thing. After that the, the statement that God made, you do these three things, he went back and Jezebel couldn't even cough anymore. It's a blessing you receive. He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but is there, for you have done what? Struggled with God. Mm-hmm. Prevailing women. Are you hearing now? For you have done what? Struggled with God. You have not struggled, but you want something. It's not going to happen before then. Because some of you come to prevailing women, what am I coming to do? I'm okay. Come and struggle with God. He said, you have struggled with God and men, and you have prevailed. He didn't just prevail all by himself. Just by taking ice cream and doing cold stone and doing debonair pizzas and all those uh, nandos, and then somebody just said, you just prevailed. Not that cheap. <laughs> he struggled with God. And then he prevailed. Amen. That was the story of Jacob. But unknown to you, you don't know what Jacob was wrestling for. Praise God. What was he wrestling for? He was wrestling to be blessed, right? How? Let me show you Genesis. Let's quickly read these scriptures. Very, very important then. I begin to mention some other things and we close. Genesis 28 verse 13. Genesis 28 verse 13. And then we read 32 verse 9. And then we will read 33 verse 20. Okay? And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, that was when he was running away from home. He found himself in the wilderness and used stone as pillow. I don't think your difficulty have gotten to that point. You still have pillow, right? Thank God for your life. Do you have a bed? How about bed seat? You have a room? You don't have any problem. Stone was Jacob's pillow. And God still appeared to him for miraculous encounter. But what he said, behold, the Lord stood above it, above the ladder, and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. You now discover that every time God talked to uh, Jacob, let's see verse 32, verse 9, chapter 32, I mean, verse 9, chapter 32, verse 9. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac. So you discover every time God talked to Jacob, every time Jacob talked to God, they limited to Abraham and Isaac. So before this blessing came, before this encounter came, God was not Jacob's God. And he knew that if God doesn't become my God, I will just be walking in the blessing of Abraham and Isaac. Where is my own God? How about my own I am the God of your father and Isaac, and he stops there. And he has gotten the whatever blessing he supposedly he wanted to get from his father by doing whatever fraud. And suddenly he just realized, I'm not blessed. Because each time God talks to me, he doesn't talk about me. He just says, I'm the God of your father, Abraham and Isaac. Full stop. That was the blessing he was asking for. 
For God to be his God. For him to be able to say, you are my God. See, this God can be the God of your father and your mother. He has to be your God. How do I know? In Genesis 33 verse 20. Let's see the difference now. Praise the Lord. Genesis 33 verse 20. Then he got to a place as Shechem. You know, I don't want to go to Zuri. Then he erected an altar there and called it. Come on, read it with me. What did he call that altar? El, Elohi, Israel. Oh, no. The new name that was given to him in chapter 32. Now he qualified for erecting altars. He qualified for burning incense and offering. And now he could confidently say, now that I have been blessed, before I wasn't blessed because it wasn't my own. My father just blessed me with material things. But now with this divine and miraculous encounter, God is now El Elohi Israel. Oh, I love it. May God change your name. May the almighty God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob become your God. The God of Eric. Let's see, let's see. Oh, hallelujah. Genesis 48 from verse 15. Genesis 48 from verse 15. Hallelujah. That was the blessing he was, he was asking for. And do you know when uh, 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 the children of Israel, that's um, uh, uh, this, this uh, prophet that wanted to curse the children of Israel, Balaam, Balak said, curse them because of the blessing upon them. No one could curse them. When you are blessed, you can't be cursed. It does not matter where they're doing it for. I learned Sangomas are all over South Africa. Let them be doing their Sangoma. It will just turn back to them. Praise God. So in this place, look at, look at, look at uh, Jacob. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked, the God who has fed me. Now, he's referring to God as his God now. This same God has fed me all my life long to this day, verse 15, uh, 16. The angel who has redeemed me from all evil. Bless this lad. Let my name. Because he's now blessed. Before he couldn't say that. But with miraculous encounter, he said, let my name be name upon them. And the name of my father and the name. He mentioned his name first. And then he said the name of Abraham and Isaac will be there. Let them grow into multitude. He became a, a technology of blessing. Because of miraculous encounters. Lift up your hand and say I receive a miraculous encounter. I receive it. I receive it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord said to me one time, he said, when my blessings upon you, you may lose the most precious thing in your life. It doesn't really matter. Once you have me, be rooted in my love for you. Be rooted in my word. Once you are rooted, anything can go. Anybody can leave you. It doesn't matter. As a pastor, I've, I mean, know it. Anybody can leave. Anybody can go. But he said, I will build my church. It's not your church. He's the one doing the building. He knows the bricks that should not fit into some the next phase of your life. Praise the Lord. And it's the same thing. So you don't allow anything to affect you. Some other people that have miraculous encounters, then we pray. Paul the Apostle. In 
Acts chapter 9 from verse 1 to 7. You know the story. Paul has received letters and signatures of kings and, and priests to go kill Christians. And he was doing it with all zeal. And he was thinking he was working for God. And on this particular day, he was going on his horse to Damascus to go arrest believers and kill them again. But on the way to Damascus, there was a miraculous encounter that saw the apostle a killer. I mean, Saul, the killer, became an apostle of God. Jesus just opened the, kingdom, the window of heaven, the one curtain, if there are curtains in heaven. He says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he fell down upon his horse. I like something there. When that thing happened, just look for that verse. When that thing happened, nobody preached to Saul. He said, who are you, Lord? Lordship. There are things that happen to you you don't need. It's not your neighbor. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's the Lord. Who are you, Lord? And that was how transformation took place in his life. That was how he was called into ministry. There was a, an encounter from the Holy Spirit where the power of God collided with him. It's called divine accident. Yeah, divine head-on collision. And it was bad. And the impact left him blind. The impact left him blind. And he was taken to Damascus. And he was, I mean, and he was blind. They heard him. People around him, have the, 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 they saw whatever, I don't know. But they were not hearing the instruction that was given to him. And he now said, okay, what will you have me to do, Lord? And he was taken to a place. And one brother and an heir, a disciple, this is a disciple-making church, right? Yes. A disciple was the one, not an apostle, that was told, go and pray for Saul. Go and lay hand on him. He is blind now. He will receive sight. And Ananias, you know the way we do. You don't know that man. God, God, you can't be serious. You actually don't know that man. He was telling God. You know, sometimes God blesses you and they think you don't want it. You are not worth it. You don't know her. If you know her, God, if you don't even do it for him, because you don't know him. And God say, I know what you don't know. Just go do what I told you to do. Because a transformation with the miraculous encounter can happen between yesterday night and this morning. You can't limit God. Anything can happen. Anything that can place. I love a song. I know you know how to sing it. The part I love more is the one that says, I am desperate for your love. The line, the line I love most, and it always touches me, is in a moment you can turn a life around. In a moment. And I know it can happen. In a moment. You can turn a life around. That was what happened to Saul. And Saul became the greatest apostle writing to third of the New Testament. To third. To third of the New Testament. The same apostle. That was all transformation can do. Praise the Lord. There's this widow of Nay. I like that story. The widow of Nay, you read this story in Luke. I think we should read this in Luke chapter 7 from verse 11 in the Message Bible. I like the Message Bible. I'd like us to read it in the Message in the message. Okay. Not long after that, Jesus went to the village of Nair. His disciples were with him along with quite a large crowd. 
Let's keep reading. As they approached the village gate, they met a funeral procession. A woman's only son was being carried out for burial, and the mother was a widow. Trouble, right? What this person need, or need at that time, was a miraculous encounter. A widow had been taking care of this son, and it's like, okay, dad is gone, at least I have you. You are my only hope now. The only thing I have. And suddenly, the boy died. But luckily for her, when Jesus saw her, his heart broke. Huh. Jesus' heart used to break. <laughs> you don't know. Sometimes you think he doesn't know what you're going through, but he knows what you're going through. He said to her, don't cry. Don't cry. Now, the part I like there is the fact that, can you imagine? Death was coming on the left side, and life was going on the right side. What a beautiful coincidence. What a powerful encounter. That day was a beautiful day. It was a good day. May good days dominate your life. Amen. And as they were coming, death was coming and Jesus was coming. Guess Jesus will never allow death to take over because he's master over death. Praise God. When Jesus saw her, his heart broke. He said to her, don't cry. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Then he went over, touched the coffin. The poor bearer stopped. He said, young man, I tell you, get up. Oh, beautiful. The dead son sat up, began talking. Jesus presented him to his mother. That was it. End of story. Beautiful one, right? When you hit miraculous encounter, everything that is dead in your life will resurrect. And I prophesy over you today, every dead thing, dead relationship, dead marriage, dead businesses, in the name of Jesus, we infuse the power of resurrection into you right now. Let there be resurrection in the name of Jesus. I say to you, rise up. Get up. Come on, begin to function like you should. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let the power of resurrection touch you wherever you are. Touch your life. Touch your business. Touch your career. Touch your relationship. In the mighty name of Jesus, the power of resurrection, touch your body. Let the healing power flow. In the mighty name of Jesus, I break every curse in your life. I break, I break every curse in the name of Jesus Christ. Every wrong thing in your life, be broken. Every wrong thing, whether big or small, be broken in the name of Jesus. Let the power of Jesus touch you. Touch your life in the name of Jesus. Touch your career. Touch your finances in the name of Jesus Christ. Every sorrow be wiped off in the name of Jesus Christ. Like Jesus said to that woman, don't cry. I command you, don't cry. Stop crying. Stop mourning. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength in Jesus' name. How about Moses' miraculous encounter? Just one or two more. One or two more. Moses attempted rescuing his brethren. He didn't know there are certain things you don't do without an encounter with God. You do not have strength on your own. There are battles that are too strong for you. There are enemies that are stronger than you. It's not what you think. It's like an iceberg sometimes. You may just think it's a little ice. You don't know that the rock is inside the sea. And you're just going and driving and doing whatever you want to do and cruising and thinking life is just so easy. 
but not knowing that there's an iceberg waiting for you. So Moses just thought, from what I can pick, I'm the leader of these people. And he attempted saving them, and he couldn't do it. And that sent him to the wilderness for 40 years. In fact, he said he's at the back of the desert. And when he was there, suddenly, fire started burning. That's in Exodus chapter 33. I love that encounter. May you have such encounters in Jesus' name, where you will just see God. And the fire was burning, and it was because the, the, the boost was not consumed. The, the boost was refining, and he said, I will turn aside. He off his shoe. There are certain experiences you have, you have to off your shoe Amen. and pay attention because you will not be able to hear. And do we know God just said to him, now that you are paying attention, what if he didn't pay attention? When you come to church, please pay attention. In every word of God spoken now, many things, it's only you who know the one that fits into your situation. You don't know when God will speak to you. That's not when to carry your phone. And start doing chatting in church and doing what's up and what's up and what's down. You know. <laughs> Moses off his shoulder and paid attention. And that was where God spoke to him. It's amazing. The speaking of God, just God speaking to you. It's an encounter. It's a miracle. And Moses, who was afraid, a fugitive, who shouldn't go to Egypt, started going to Egypt. Because God has baptized him afresh with the fire of the bunny bush. And he went back to Egypt. Long story short, he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt with a miraculous hand. Now, look at what he was wanting to do by killing every enemy of Israel one by one. There is always a supernatural side to your life. You just think everything is natural. Wanted to be killing them one by one. How far can he go? But with encounter with God, he brought over two million, right? Out of Egypt. With a mighty hand. Look at the mighty hand that brought. Even with God, throwing all those signs and wonders, Pharaoh was still hiding. Until he has to kill the firstborn. And they still pursued them. There are things you can't do alone. Maybe that thing you've been struggling with or whatever, whatever is your struggle is because you need an encounter. As a matter of fact, I'm talking now, God said there's a brother in this place that has been struggling and struggling with his finances. I don't know you. He said, what you need is a seven days fasting. If you do it, you will have a testimony. He said, go on seven days fast. Seven days fast. How many days? Seven. Just go and cry to the Lord. And leave every distraction off your sandals and pay attention to him. And pray and you will see what God will do. Thus says the Lord. That's what the Lord is saying. And so he brought them out. Another person that have an encounter is Zacchaeus. He wanted to see Jesus. I must see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. And he didn't know what to do because he was very short. I don't know whether he was four foot or whatever. Or he was a dwarf. Whatever, I don't know. But the story is in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 is there. That's the last example I'm going to give. Miraculous encounters. It's all over the scripture. And the, today can be your day of encounter with God. And don't begin to say it's not me. It's that other lady. It's that other man. It's you I'm talking to. I'm not talking to another person. Oh, no. They're talking to older people. They're talking to all those uh, ladies. No, I'm talking to you. Even if you are 15 years old. 
you can have an encounter. And when you have an encounter with God, it's a different thing entirely. It was through the encounter David had that he killed Goliath. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said Luke 19. <laughs> Luke 19. That's where you see the story of Zacchaeus. He wanted to see Jesus. And he couldn't because the crowd was too much. You know, many times we have excuses. Reason why we can't do what you say. How can I fast for seven days? The crowd is too much. The crowd was too much. Okay? He was a tax collector and he was rich. So, he should go with his Range Rover, right? <laughs> is it Range Rover? Well, what are the big cars here? Or go with his Jaguar? And go with uh, which other car again? Because they say he was rich. Posh. Okay, those cars. <laughs> verse 3, what happened? What happened? Let's see verse 3. And, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of a short stature. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. So he ran ahead. What a humble man. What a humble man. He ran ahead. Sometimes you think you're a big man. You are not. Stop it. Don't stop it. Because sometimes when they put everything you have together and convert it to dollar. You will, you will, calm, you will calm down. Verse 5. He ran ahead, climbed, he came out, he climbed a tree. Zacchaeus, a rich man. He wanted to see Jesus. He was desperate. What, who is Jesus to you, right, really? In this age, I don't know where we put Jesus. Wanted to see him. And he had to climb a sycamore tree to see him. But he was going to pass that way. He wasn't even bargaining for an encounter. Or he wanted to see that. I've been hearing the news about this Jesus. I just want to have a glimpse of him. And I will go back home. That was what was on his mind. So, so, so let's go. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead quickly. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, oh God. You know what it means for God to say? Rian. You were not expecting for him to know you were there. You were not even expecting anything. Do you know that is the way to serve God? That's the attitude. You serve him whether he bless you, whether he does anything or not. You know your Christianity have to get to that point? Do you know the Christianity of the women in the ministry of Jesus got to that point? That Jesus died and they were not expecting for him to rise up? They know he's dead, and by now they say he will be stinking. And they wanted to go and anoint, anoint him. They were no longer expecting him to heal them or to bless them because he has already done that. And if he will not do anything again, they are okay. Amen. And they went there to anoint him. Amen. They went there to anoint him to say, we just love him. Yes. Whether he's here or not, your love has to get to that point. But when they go to the grave, they go more than they bargain. Jesus have to say, Mary, just like Jesus said, Zacchaeus. Oh, I love it. Make haste and come down for today. I must stay in your house. Somebody wanted to have a glimpse. Now, the Lord is saying, I'm coming to stay in your house. 
May that be your portion. May the presence of God, because of your desire and your zeal for him, because you are fervent, you are on fire for him, may he come to stay in your house. Coming to stay in your house. Let's see what happened. Let's see what happened. Go ahead. Go ahead. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Let's keep reading. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, again, people will always complain about you. <laughs> saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Uh -huh. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, now, before you get to this, you don't know what happened inside the room. Jesus had told him, these and these and these were not supposed to be. These are the things supposed to be. I came to save sinners and da, da, da. Whatever they discover, we don't know, but we see the effect of the encounter. The effect is, Zacchaeus then stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my good to the poor. Nobody preached reconciliation to him or whatever. I give it to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore how many fold? Fourfold. Compare Zacchaeus with the man that came to Jesus, the rich man that said, I want to follow you. And Jesus said, okay, go and sell. Until you can deal with material things as if they are nothing, you can't have the encounter of Jesus. And Jesus told him, you go sell everything you have. You know what I mean? Gather them, sell them, and give to the poor. And he left sorrowing. Because he has to... What is the difference? Encounter. That man came on his own to just want to hear some sweet nothing from Jesus. And this one, look at the difference. Sometimes you think nobody can do something, but Zacchaeus did it. He did exactly what he told the rich man to do. He sold his business. He said, I will repay you four times. Why? Because transformation took place because of encounter. May you encounter the Lord today. May the power of the Lord encounter you today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let's read Psalm 86. Let me just round up. Let's read Psalm 86. Psalm 86, verse 8 to 10. I love it when there is an encounter. I love it when God reaches out to his people. We will just read that scripture and then we begin to pray and... Uh, what God will do. Among the God, there is none like you, O Lord. None are there, nor are there any works like your works. Do you believe that? Is there any other work like, like the work of God? No work is like his work. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord. And they shall glorify your name, for you are great. And do how many things? Wondrous things. God does wondrous things. You alone, you are God. Have we reached verse 10 now? Okay. You alone, you are God. God is the only God. That when he encounters you, things change. Your destiny will change. Transformation can take place in your life. Breakthrough can be your portion. There is nothing that can happen when you encounter God. Your ministry begins to go on a fast lane. People will be wondering, to, I mean, they want to know what is behind this life. It's because there is a miraculous encounter. And my prayer for you as I close this message today is that you will encounter God. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.